to a spin-off of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, if you want to believe that. Yes, the Mr. Warren Hayes show gets its own spin-off. Not unlike that uh, that time the, the, the Three's Company had a spin-off with Jack Tripper when he moved in with his girlfriend. It was, it was called Three's a Crowd, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't very good, but hopefully what we're going to be doing here is going to be much, much better. We'll cross our fingers. This is a show we call Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs. It's a show about professional independent wrestling. We're going to be talking about all of the world of indie wrestling, at least, you know, as far as the the the, the U.S. scene goes, but, you know, we might uh, broaden our horizons. Look, you, you never know. And, when I, and I'm talking we, I'm saying we, 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 because we, 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 not only am I French, but I am also joined by Sean Taggart, who is going to be right here with me in this wonderful show that we have going to talk about indie wrestling. How you doing, Sean? Good. We picked a good weekend to start. We really Very did. busy weekend. We we really did like a lot of wrestling. I I, I don't remember exactly. I, I think we you know we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago and we're like, when do you want to start? How about next Tuesday? And then we're like, Jesus, look at yeah, we picked a good one. Like I don't think we we looked at any any cards and we're like, oh look, we'll, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. I think it was kind of a roll of the dice kind of thing. Yeah, we looked out. I mean, a lot yeah. of good wrestling, coast to coast. Um, some debuts in new locations for uh, certain companies, but you know, it's just it's good to see independent pro wrestling back and really strong again. Um, you know, you could say that the beam wrestlers in Warhorse, Effie, Alley Cat at the time, Dan the Dad, kind of Danhausen gave them a chance to really branch out and give some life into the independent scene after, you know, WWE took everyone for NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got people coming in. We have people returning, returning. Uh, to the independent. So it is a hot scene. It's a very busy scene. Um, and there's a lot of companies to go around and share the wealth. And I'm excited for it. Like I, I it's, it's very, very, it's very, very dynamic. It's very bubbling. And, you know, with the way things are set up right now, I think wrestling has a great ecosystem set up. Like I, I legitimately think that there's uh, tons of opportunities. Uh, you know, not not all wrestlers necessarily want to, and you know, they're they're. It's not necessarily their target anymore to get signed. You know, there's a lot of them that are doing mm-hmm. really well for themselves. Anyway, it's a good time to to get into it. It's a good time to talk about independent wrestling. It's a good time for you guys to be here, whether it's on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes listening to this for the very first time. Thank you very much. Leave a like. Leave some comments as well if you want to uh, go right ahead. Please, you're more than welcome. Tell us about uh, any matches that you watched. You know, we're going to talk about a few here. What did you feel about them? Did you agree? Disagree? All that good stuff. Give a like as well. Subscribing is nice too. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, muchas gracias, which means merci beaucoup, which means Thank you very much. I am a Renaissance man, Sean. <laughs> looks it looks that way. Yeah. Wow. A lot. Of, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, look. As far as Renaissance men go, I got you know. You're the guy with with the control your narrative T-shirt on right now. You know, doing the best I can. This this has you know. Twofold, yeah. We're, I'm wearing a control your narrative, but maybe I want all the guys we talk about to go to AW. 
you ever think about that. I did. That's a very good point, actually. So I'm doing everyone a favor here by telling all your favorite independent wrestlers to go to ADW, not that other company up yeah. north. No, the, go never to mind AW. Stanford. Go, go to Jacksonville. That's what you need to do. Warmer weather. You're welcome. To begin with, sure. So... Um, <laughs> So look, we're, we're we're trying stuff out. It's the first episode, and uh, we're we watched a bunch of wrestling this weekend. Sean and I are going to talk about it, and I we'll, we'll we'll go in chronological order. We'll start this one off uh, by talking about uh, the um, the co-promoted Prestige Wrestling and West Coast Pro Savage Mode show, which happened uh, this past Friday, March 11, twenty twenty two. Overall entertaining show. Um, we'll, we'll, we can we'll, we'll go down the match and give some so the the whole card give some some quick thoughts because I, I think we both enjoyed this show which started off yeah. with a six man tag team match where the team of four four zero made up of Atticus Kogar, Eddie Only and Ricky Shane Page defeated the conglomerate fan favorites Alpha Zoe, D Rogue and Midas Creed. Uh, fun little opener. I thought I was I think as far as uh as an opening match goes, Sean, that was uh, spot on. Yeah, I mean, this really got the crowd into the show. Exactly what you want to do to open up a show. A little fun uh, six-person, multi-person uh, match here. You have to like what you see from... It's nice seeing the 440 guys say that five times fast. Come over to the West Coast and really get their spread their wings a little bit. I mean, more already from these guys, obviously GCW with their angle with Nick Gage, 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm um in 2021 but it's nice to see these guys come out eddie only is hilarious to watch and also see perform live just because he's a very good comedy wrestler very good decent wrestler himself but uh, a lot of good comedy spots in this match especially with him and ricky um Mm -hmm. i feel you know this story isn't over between the conglomerate and for for a while no i don't think so no there's going to be a lot more to come out of this Second well, time the conglomerate th- gets screwed over in a four four zero match, so yeah, I think I think there's a lot more to come out of this. Absolutely, um, yeah. And we're you know what between between all of us here, I think we're going to be seeing a little more of the four four zero. On you know, you know we're we're yeah you know, we're going to talk. We saw them in another show as well. Maybe not under the four four zero banner officially, but you know Ricky Shane Page and Atticus Kogar. I think we're going to see them a little more. You know after. You know the the stuff that happened uh, with uh, with GCW, right? I think yeah, it's a fair I mean, prediction. I think it's a fair prediction, uh, especially Atticus popping up a little bit more across the scene now. Uh, obviously, he has his own show this Saturday with Circle Six. That's uh, his promoted show, uh, Skewered, and then uh, he has been added to uh, ICW's WrestleMania weekend cards, and then uh, some other card, some other shows in the coming weeks, months. So, yeah, we're going to see Fort Foro spread their wings across the independent scene again. I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, next match, we had uh, Sonico defeating MV Young. I thought, that was, I thought this was fine. Yeah, I thought this was fine, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's good seeing MV make his way out to the West. I, I know, you know, he was a primarily a New York-Pittsburgh guy, um, really truly trying to figure out who he was i think during the pandemic it helped out with him fully going into his polyamorous cult uh, character a little bit mm-hmm. it's nice seeing sonico um 
I will say in general, just talking about West Coast Pro, it's definitely become a promotion I've put on my to watch list. Um, show and uh, show and show out that comes out on IWTV. Not so much live because it starts past my bedtime, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. You know, you, you sort of catch yeah. up on it. Yeah, but it's definitely a company that when they come out on video on demand, um, I'll watch. And Sonico is one of those guys that I've become accustomed to seeing on those West Coast shows. Uh, part of uh, Big Sark's brand, West Coast, yeah, as they like to throw out there. It's a. It was a really good match. I feel, you know, Sonico is a very good uh, luchador. Uh, he's high flyer. Some, in some cases, he was really able to ground MB Young in in certain aspects, and almost worked too fast for MB. I think. Yeah, I think there might have been. You know, sometimes the clash of styles can be really interesting. Sometimes it's a little detriment. I think. The, I think here there was a. There, I I I don't think it served the purpose here as much as uh as in other circumstances but you know you know we got a great uh flying uh shoulder block and a dive through the corner right ropes by mm -hmm. sonico there was also an awesome bomb by mb young so you know i mean f some fun spots good stuff uh, a fine match a fine fine pro wrestling match then we had nicole then, savoy sorry go yeah. ahead well, i was gonna say we had nicole savoy taking on the returning to the united states shaz mckenzie we all know she uh, COVID and the you know lockdowns and everything really stunted her from coming back over to the United States. So it's great to see her back in the States. And she um, was chomping at the bit to come back. Like she was oh, doing yeah. everything on Twitter just to be like, don't forget about me kind of thing, which is what you should do. This, this is not me bitching, by the way. Good for her, you know, but uh, like you could tell, like all she wanted to do was come back and wrestle in North America. Yeah, and I mean, she has improved tenfold too. I mean, you you look at what she's accomplished over her time at uh, in Australia. She's really honed her craft. She's gotten a little bit more of a serious character now, mm -hmm. heartbreak core, Shaz McKenzie. But I will say, you know, I did like I do like this commentary team: Alyssa Marino, um, Veda Scott, and I forget the guy's name, but they, but Veda. And Alyssa did a good job building up the history of Shaza and Nicole while they were in Shimmer together. Sure. So this was a rubber match between the two. Um, I feel, you know, Nicole got the win. I think it was the right choice here. Uh, Nicole's been coming more of a staple of West Coast Pro. It's a shame, really, because, like, I feel like Nicole was finally getting, you know, the attention she really deserves. Part of uh, Ring of Honor's Women Tournament um, and part of that women's division. And then, obviously, as we know halted um and who knows what's going to come of it in the coming weeks months um but i i really do feel you know savoy is one of those underrated uh oh definitely female wrestlers in the united states if not the world uh very much overlooked and forgotten about and it's a shame because technically she's very strong mm -hmm. um i think she, working with swole um, time to time as a tag team, I think helped her with her personality a little bit more. Um, yes. But yeah. Swole, as opposed uh, to being like uh, in, in that trio with uh, Mercedes Martinez and uh, um, I'm drawing a blank. Shayna Baszler. There we go. Mm -hmm. while, while she was in Shimmer where, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, the trifecta was awesome, but maybe not like the most personality laden uh trio you could have found out there you know what i mean 
just yes. some good old fashioned ass kickers. But I mean, I I love Nicole. I've loved Nicole for a long, long time. She's she's fantastic, and like I like you said, I'm glad she's getting more shine. And she, I mean, she delivered here, right? She's you know, suplexes everywhere. I like her bomb. Gets the win with a half and half, like basically showing off. You know, I can throw you around if I want you, if I want to, and uh, it's not it's not really going to be a problem. I can do it with ease. On top of that, so that was good. I liked it. It was a good match. I did, yeah, too. I know you like this one a lot. Yes, yes. I I'm a big fan of Vinny Massaro. Another one on my underrated uh, list. I think he is. Somebody who definitely undervalued. I mean, he had his shine in Lucha Underground, but not the same. Really, that's it. That's really not the same whatsoever. Um, and a young up and comer and Robert Martyr. Uh, really good technical showcase here from both of these yeah. guys here. Um, Mazzaro being the wily veteran in this match, getting more of the upper hand over Martyr. Martyr is somebody to me that's still trying to figure out who he is, but he's getting close. Um, mm-hmm. I think Warren, me and you had a conversation about, you know, Martyr's character development. He's an asshole. He's a brash asshole. We know, we all know that. I, I just feel, you know, there's a little bit more that we could add to this. A, a little finesse, right? There's, I think that's what's missing. I think, I, I, I think the main components are there. You know, it, it, it just requires a good coat of polish, right? I think that's, that, that's the main thing here, but I agree with And this, you know, it, it, it's always fun. I find to see. To allow Vinny to get like some of his technical um, groove on, I guess it's always fun to see. Because, you know, you, you look at the guy, you look at his size, you know, you're like, you know, and he likes to punch people. So, you know, you, <laughs> you know, you, you, you typically have this, the, this sense that he's, that he's a brawler, which you know, he's entirely capable of. So it's good to see him stretch his legs here. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wins the match with the snoring elbow. I liked it. It was a fun, that I, and can we mention how over he is with the West Coast with the West Coast crowd? Yeah, that crowd loves him, uh, and you know I love him too. It's, it was a very good representation of his style. I feel like him and Martyr worked well together. Obviously, they're both similar in style, but it was just very nice to see that gel. But also, you could see why Vinny's more of the veteran over Robert, as he, you know he got some of the upper hand over him. The but. prestige tag team titles were defended in a three-way match. Champions C4 defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew, which were uh, made, which are made up by Jarrell Wilson and Royce Isaacs and Reno Scum, who uh, we hadn't seen for a while. No, not uh, since they, not since they decided to quit Impact. I quit Impact Pro Wrestling. Impact Pro Wrestling. But yeah, no, they've made a couple appearances here and there for um, West Coast Pro. I think uh, Adam Thordstone's really focusing more on his outside of wrestling job um, mm-hmm. a little bit more. So bookings are coming few and far between. This one was okay. I like C4 a lot. Cody and uh, Guillermo, very good, very polished wrestlers. I feel this didn't need Reno Scum. I under, like I understand at the end of the day this is headed towards Reno Scum, uh, the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Uh, I understand that, but honestly, at the same time, I feel like it really didn't help the three way. I think you know Reno Scum sl- slowed down the match to make it their pace, but I think it was a little too slow. I really like Jerome Nelson and and Royce Isaacs. I I, I think they're 
a highly competent professional wrestlers. Like they are, yeah. Well, I mean, Isaacs has wrestled just about not everywhere, but he's wrestled in a lot of high pressure, high profile situations. So you can tell he comes with that that confidence. You know that 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 swagger of being being a guy who's wrestled with some of the best in the world, right? Uh, and it just shows. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of that duo. I'm excited to see where this goes because yeah, I, th- I I think I think this is leading into Reno Scum and the WCWC. That's how you say it for short, which is practically like WCWC West Coast Wrecking Crew. It's the same amount of syllables. Mm-hmm. It so, is. So you're not even really shortening it. No, you're not. You tried. And that's all that matters. And that's all that matters. Mike Bailey defeated Nick Wayne in, uh, was this my favorite match of the evening? I do believe so. I do believe so. Yeah, I, I think it was right up there um, for, you know, an early contender for a match of the weekend for me. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I watch Nick Wayne wrestle, it amazes me that he's only 17. Right? It's crazy. It's crazy. There's n- there's no business for a 17 year old to be this good. Um, and as well traveled as he is in this young age, he's, you know, obviously he's growing around that scene more. So the Portland, Seattle area, all that area, but he's blown up this past year, actually maybe the past nine months, not even a full year yet. And it's, it's insane, especially because like I said, he's only 17. Yeah. So he, and I mean, he, he, he worked this match fantastically with a guy who we know is seasoned and can go. Like he held, he held up with, uh, with Speedball's pace here, because most of the time Mike Bailey's gonna is gonna dictate the pace of a match. You can tell when he comes in. It's like okay, we're going, we're going this fast kind of thing. Uh, and he was able to uh, to hang with him without any issues. And uh, I appreciated Mike Bailey as well. Playing a little more of, of the heel, you know, just being, uh, but you can't say like a full on heel, just, you know, just enough of a dick, just enough of a dick, right? Not quite, not quite Daniel Bryan, uh, excuse me, Brian Danielson levels of, I'm, I don't know, uh, levels of dickishness, but mm. you know, the, the, you know, the attack immediately after they do a code of honor at the, the you know, at the beginning and then the, the spot out on the, on the steps, you know, that little riser that they had there, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but there was some great stuff here. The the dragon suplex into a code red by um, by Nick Wayne was, uh, that was phenomenal. I was like, like you said, this kid is just absolutely amazing. Um, of course, you know, Speedball hits a lot of his, of his own hits. The moonsault, double knees on the apron was crazy. Fisherman's, Fisherman's Buster into a bridge by Nick Wayne. Poison Rana by Bailey. And then Nick Wayne follows up with one of his own. He hits a Swanton. Fujiwara, Fujiwara Armbar. And it all ends with the Flamingo Driver by Mike Bailey for the win. Just a fantastic match. I thought it was great. It was a fantastic match. And we then follow that up with the prestige title match where Alex Shelley and Titus Alexander fight, which... Okay. I mean, Titus Alexander is another one of those like up and coming wrestlers on the West Coast scene. Um, Came up with uh, the likes of Starboy Charlie. 
um, those that group of wrestlers. He has had some experience with uh, Nick Wayne across um, the West Coast. I think he isn't at that level of a uh, Nick Wayne or Charlie, but he's like close, close behind. Um, you could tell that Shelly was just a little too much for him in the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. but you know, which once, it should be, it it's, should. it's Alex Shelley, right? It's yeah. Like- I, I feel like Alex Shelley should have that much of a momentum carrying um, him being, you know, the veteran in this match and stuff like that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, this for me, like, I, I don't think they clicked at all. It just took a while for me to get into this. I agree. By the time I did, it ended. Right. <laughs> yeah. By the time you ended, uh, you know, Alex Shelley's going for the shell shock. And you're like, okay, we're done. But uh, but uh, Alexander sort of roll uh, rolls out of it and rolls Alex Shelley up for the pin, holding a handful of tights on top of that, becoming the new prestige champion, which is uh, which is a weird hot shot angle at the same time. You know, it's like it's it, right. unusual. I think we were talking about it just coming on before coming on the air. You know, a, a hot shot on IWTV, hot shotting a title like that, it's, it's unusual. Let's put it that way. It is. Um, and I mean, yeah, this was a three weekend show f- for Prestige. Two of the shows were with West Coast. Um, so, yeah, it was a very interesting choice to hot shot it off of Shelly to Titus uh, coming into uh, Saturday. Now that made that a three-way. Uh, originally, it was going to be Ray Horace versus Alex Shelley. Now Titus, as the champion, gets added to that match to make it a three-way. Um, so subbing in for Malachi Black is Frankie Kazarian taking on uh, Kevin Blackwood. And I always forget how good Kazarian is. Yep. And then he does. Uh, he performs like this. It yep. was a very good match. Um, you he know, Kazarian eight, eight consecutive German suplexes. Yeah. By Kevin Blackwood. <laughs> Just like what well, you think he's doing like the three amigos or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, he's going to do three, but no, he does four. It's five, six, seven, eight. Holy shit. Like, All right. He, he's, he can do 10. Let's just see him do 10 <laughs> at this point. Just let him do 10. It'll be fine. I will say, I do feel Blackwood's finally getting his groove back a little bit. I do still. I did sense a little bit once Garcia got signed by AW, a little bit of boo-boo face, a little jealousy, a little bit. His level of co- competitiveness wasn't there as much, hmm. but he's back. I think also what helped him was the move away from Buffalo. Now he's a West Coast boy. Um, so, you know, just getting that new perspective on everything, just getting change a scenery, slate, change so of people. So sometimes that's what you need, right? Yeah. Um, so Blackwood, I feel here, he had, he's been coming up the ranks again, obviously, you know, very good showing here against, uh, Frankie Kazarian. I just, I personally like Blackwood a little bit more than Garcia. Garcia is excellent, but I always feel like the look of Blackwood is a, it's an interesting look, the tattoo, Mm -hmm. like the black sleeve, black ink sleeve of, uh, him, but I mean, I, I, I like this match. I, I was pleasantly surprised by this match. Like I said, I always forget how good Frankie is until you see him and especially, not wrestle in front of a TV crowd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where he where he could he's just like completely, you know, um, leash off and just do whatever you want. 
This was this was a very 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 strong match and a fantastic lead into the main event, where Jacob Fatu or we're just calling him Fatu now, right? I think no, he, he uh, yeah, he goes by Fatu now. I think. Well, you know, we can uh, call him Jacob because we, we're polite. Yeah, I, I I'd never dare call him Jake, even even if I'm not in his face. I'd never do yeah, that. Yeah, I would always call it Jacob. Who's Jake? <laughs> he defeated AJ Gray to become the new West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight title. There had to be a winner in this match on top of that. Very exciting stuff and is exactly as hard-hitting and wild as you would have expected an AJ Gray-Jacob uh, Fatu match. This was fantastic. And I'm going to tell... And I'm gonna even go. I'm gonna go even farther than this. I know a lot of people really like, you know, they love Fatu and MLW, you know. But I, I feel like this is a kind of situation. I feel like this maybe like Kazarian, like when he's not wrestling for his boss, kind of thing, and he's on the indies doing his thing. I find he's so much more fun. Like there's it's- something, there's something just that that lights up in him, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm here for this dude. I will say him losing the MLW title did make me like him again. Uh, obviously, with uh, him going into certain mat- certain shows, not showing up and everything like that, that was an MLW thing. Yes. Because um, now that's translated over to Hammerstone. Uh, he's had. So uh, it's nice seeing him on the indies again. And also, it's nice seeing him still portray as this badass heel. Just, yeah, because- exactly. I mean, granted here, you know, obviously hometown, family, all that stuff. He was getting a little bit more cheered over AJ, who's the outsider coming and taking the title away from their company and stuff like that. But he still comes off as this brash, arrogant, hard-nosed killer. He just doesn't, it doesn't matter who he's facing. He's trying to hurt you. And you got to appreciate that. And this was, and this was really, really good. And, you know, the two guys who just go all out. AJ Gray does a top rope diving elbow to the floor and you know there's there there's not this thin layer of padding there folks you know we're like right on the we're 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 right on the wood um uh you know, they're tra- tra- trading lariats there's a destroyer by AJ Gray top rope spanish fly like think you're thinking Jacob Fatu and AJ Gray and they're they're doing they're doing top rope spanish flies that it's insane it's it's insane. Yeah, not and, something I would expect. Yeah, here we are. And here we are. And we get two killing moons. It takes two of them to put AJ Gray away. Now, are we? Is AJ Gray dro- dropping? Uh, is AJ Gray dropping a title to free himself up for another title down the line? Is that I is, mean, is this kind of maybe? Maybe. I mean, it, it, let, let's just put it this way. If it is for what we think it is, it'll be nice having a, a champion around all the time at that company. I agree. No disrespect to uh, John Moxley in any way, shape, or form, but it would be nice. It, it would. Nice. I mean, and, you know, going at, at, at the end of the show, it was a very good show here. I, I enjoyed it. I felt like once again, West Coast Pro and now Prestige give me another reason wanting to watch their next show. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. West Coast has been uh, very consistent with their monthly shows. It's been very, very good. 
I don't know if you saw today, uh, they changed the swerve um, Bailey match to Titus Alexander and Bailey now. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little disappointed because that was uh, Strickland and Bailey was a match I was really looking forward to. Now I don't know when that's going to happen. Because this one one feels like an AEW power play here. It feels like, well, it, you know, you know what I mean? Isn't AEW running that live rampage and then Battle of the Belts to that w- weekend in Garland? Oh, it could be. I my, so, you know, my, my, I don't spread out my, my spider senses all that far. No, I not, the kind of yeah. thing that, that I never think about. Sure. So okay. So they're run, but they, so they're running AEW shows that week. I I believe I believe it's a live rampage that Friday. So yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that he had to get pulled for it, but because the thing um, is now, because right now I'm like, when are we going to see Strickland and Bailey again? That's my that's right. my issue. Yeah, because that's a match that I, I definitely want to see. That I mean, a lot of people were excited about that match, but you know. We're still getting Yuji Nagata coming over from Japan wrestling in West Coast Pro, which is insane. Sure. Seeing Nagata over there. Um, I feel like New Japan's uh, American expansion has had its, you know, ups and downs, but utilizing certain independent promotions to bring over some guys and use them. Like you see um, the Bloodsport, uh, the Bloodsport uh, system used the LA Dojo kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the LA Dojo kids in West Coast Pro with Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, etc. Uh, Rocky's there. We'll talk about Rocky a little bit later in the show as he had a match this weekend against Charlie Haas, of all people. Mm-hmm. The comeback tour continues for Charlie. Um, but yeah, no, good show. Continuing to watch these shows. Um, I'm excited for the uh, March, uh, April 15th show that's coming up. <laughs> Definitely to look out for. Um, you also watched this weekend uh, IACW No Holds Barred uh, Volume 23. No, the Pit Fighter. Excuse me. That was first on Friday on March mm-hmm. 11 on the Friday. There was the No Holds Barred Pit Fighter show X10. Yeah. So yeah, we, there's we can, the different. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll, we'll give us a give us a, a a taste of what happened. So. Pit Fighter is them fighting no ring. It's just pretty much like a cage. They used to have an MMA style cage. Now this is just a plain old cage that they would wrestle in. Um, I'm not going to talk about the whole show. Matches to watch from that show. Right off the bat, uh, it started with Akira and Masha Slamovich. Which I watched under your recommendation. Right. Very good match. Very hard hitting. These two, while, as we all know now, they're dating and everything like that. They have no problem sharing that now on the internet. They hit each other pretty hard back and forth. And I will say, out of all I've seen from ICW and in this pit fighter setup, Masha used the the cage very well to jump off of, to, you know, ricochet herself off of, to do different things that you normally don't see out of these pit fighter shows. You either see more of your deathmatch hardcore element, which this still had, or you'll see a match like a Garini and Derek Neal where they're just two guys beating the hell out of one another. Um... Masha and uh, Akira beat the hell out of each other, but also used the weapons, also used the cage, also used different things in this uh, match. And it ended with a double uh, tap out, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, at the same time, you know, come on. 
I mean, they, they have to ride home together after. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> they have to go home together. They have to go, you know, they, they they're going to do, they're going to, they're, they're going to plan for groceries then the next day. You know? Yeah. They, they got to plan for their next move. I, Masha went up North and Akira stayed down here yeah. uh, in Chattanooga. Another match that I would suggest watching is Casey Kirk um, and against John Wayne Murdoch. John Wayne Murdoch, the former American Deathmatch champion of ICW, taking on... And insane. Insane. Uh, Casey Kirk, one half of the Kirks with her husband, Brandon, also insane. This was a very good match, and this... Casey's a very good wrestler. It's And it took icw a while to finally let her showcase just how good she is rather than coming in and being like the one who you know tries to interfere and interrupt for brandon she's a very good capable wrestler as her own and it was very it was nice seeing her get this shine um i feel you know the she deserved it i mean she worked her ass off here brandon didn't help you know, this was all Casey and doing it, um, all this on her own, which I think added to it. I would like to see something now with Casey picking up this big win over the former champion here. It getting into Brandon's head a little bit. That would be interesting to see how they play off those two with one another. Right. Um, lastly, the final recommendation from the show is the American Deathmatch champion uh, chip match between Reed Bentley, the current champion, and uh joel bateman who flew all the way from australia he's having a week and a half tour oh is that all just like uh like not even for 14 days he's just a a quick tour and he's heading back yeah so he did the two shows for icw he did the h2o show monday night Mm -hmm. he has a a horror slam death match tournament thursday and friday yeah thursday and friday and then he goes to brooklyn for one of those no ring shows there and then heads back Oh, so he go. it's been out. like a little in and out so um this was a very good match joel is one of those you know deathmatch wrestlers who likes to tell a story to build up to use of weaponry and stuff like that so he's not really going after and using all the weapons all at once which is something that you see in american deathmatch wrestling where mm-hmm. you see these guys just beat the shit out of each other with glass tubes chairs whatever the case whatever they could find around the ring in the crowd whatever um he builds up and uses those weapons uh very nice um he gets to the point where you know he looks like he's down and out but he ha- he hit a off the cage he hit a swanton through uh a bed of light tubes and a table on reed a headbutt later new uh icw uh american deathmatch champion in joel bateman so there you go so he's gonna he's so, probably gonna hang on to that for a while then. Let's talk about uh, Saturday show. Oh, we'll okay. just jump right into that. Let's jump to Saturday's show then, because there was another indeed another ICW show on Saturday, which was the one that I started saying no holds barred, number twenty three. Uh, so I, I don't think one, you cared for this one as much, right? No, and this is my pro, and we'll, I'll talk about it as we go around. This was in the chains. There's no ropes. It's just chain rope. And it hurts, obviously. I, we've seen a couple of shows where people try to get onto the top and, you know, fall over because that what they have isn't sturdy enough. Mm-hmm. But I did find it interesting. Akira and Joel Bateman were scheduled to have a match. Obviously, now it became a title match with Bateman becoming uh, champion. 
And here is an here's my thought. Okay, so your champion is opening the show. You have a number one contenders match that's probably going to close between Eric Ryan and John Wayne Murdoch. Okay, so Joel's going to defend it again at the end of the show. Like already going into this, you know something's going to happen with the title. You see right. the pattern. Um, so Joel retains here. Um, another good match where it told a story, um, use of some of the weapons and stuff like that were very nicely. I feel Akira needs to be in these types of matches with somebody who can hold their own and also guide Akira because Akira has the tendency, and I think this is him still learning and still understanding a good pace of a match where he'll try to do too much in a short period mm -hmm. of time, which... Mm -hmm. Which it's is a, a detriment. Trapping. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a detriment. I think also because of the style that he primarily wrestles in, the deathmatch style, he feels like he needs to get all of it in before somebody else does, type thing. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard for. It was very nice to see him getting you know guided by somebody who has been in an environment like this for a pretty long time. Um, and can teach him and guide him to a decent match. And it was sure. a very good match. Probably my favorite Akira match in ICW. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is there anything um, else on the on the card that really stood out to you then? Uh, so Cruel uh, faced Schlack, which was just a disgusting snuff-filled style, snuff style match. And uh, Eric Ryan defeated John Wayne Murdoch to become number one contender in a weird finish which then led to Eric challenging Joel Bateman and Eric Ryan is now your new American Deathmatch champion. So damn. So they're not risking the, sending the Australian back and the belt never coming home again. Well, what's interesting is after Joel's initial match against Akira, uh, promoter Danny DeMonto comes out and announces that they're going down under. Oh, there you go. So... So they could have done something, but whatever the case may be, they it just is. yeah, it's, it just runs into the same trap style that you get from if you watch a slew of these shows all at once. It's very predictable. Um, it's a lot of the same, so it's an acquired taste. Sure. So now we, um, so so that was uh, those were the ICW shows. Mm -hmm. If you were if you were to recommend, would you say? Would you recommend any show over the other? I would recommend matches over shows. So I would recommend um, Akira and Masha from Pit Fighter X Ten. Uh, Casey Kirk and John Wayne Murdoch, as well as uh, Reed Bentley versus uh, Joel Bateman from Pit Fighter X10. Um, from No Holds Barred Volume 23, Akira and Joel Bateman. Um, and then Eric Ryan, John Wayne Murdoch, then follows up with uh, Eric Ryan and Joel Bateman. Let's keep on the topic of Saturday then, March 12. We got GCW Astronaut that we both watched. Um... I, we've had this conversation again, you and I wouldn't, I think it's safe to say that ever since Hammerstein happened, GCW has just been hitting it, right? Every shows have been, all of the shows they've been putting on have all been very, very fun shows. Yeah. It almost felt, we've talked about this too. And I mean, G 
Hammerstein was just a setup for their collective weekend. If if you want to look at it, at, at, that's the long yeah. game from it. Um, but yeah, every show up to, until you know, I would say, and we'll talk about this at the end. But like, I would say up until this show hit very, like everything hit, everything clicked. A lot of good stories being developed and you know, drawn out a little bit. Um, fun fact about this show there's a 55 age diff year age difference between uh mike jackson and nick wayne or myself and warren depending on how you want to look at hey it Hey now <laughs> wait a second <laughs> but i think i i think it it might be the biggest age gap on a wrestling show of all time i think i think so too i i know we were talking about it and then i saw that tweet about the 55 year age difference i have to think that is pretty big I, um like for you know active competitive i'm not talking like oh having you know fucking iron chic backstage while you know matt hardy is around you know not that kind of stuff you know it's like right two guys actually wrestling you know competitors it's got to be up there and nick wayne actually opened up the the show because uh, he flew in from uh from uh, san francisco uh out to atlanta by the way, wrestle, uh, GCW in a brand new venue for them anyway. Mm -hmm. Center stage. And you know what? It looked beautiful. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I did like the way that they had the hard cam set up. I liked how they added the cages around there too to for some of right. the areas. So, you know, nothing really crazy would happen with fans and the wrestlers. But I just liked the way that it was set up because usually... Ring of Honor runs it where the heart cam is on that back wall because there's that entryway that they have that comes mm -hmm. down from where the heart cam for GCW was. I feel like you felt a lot more, that you felt the bowl a lot more in this setup here than when when we'd see it, in like you said, in in, in Ring of Honor. I, if anything, I was like, man, you know, it's, like I, don't, I, I hate always, like, you know, calling back to Hammerstein, but this kind of looked, you know, better it looked it looked more intimate and then at the same time too uh i i just feel it was a clear crisper picture throughout the entire night too yeah. like it was a very very could, well produced show i will say that this is probably what you know gcw wanted hammerstein to be without the timing issues of running on traditional pay-per-view mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i agree um but yeah going back to that first match um it's Nick really Wayne good seeing AR Fox is really good seeing AR Fox, you know, right. I miss seeing him. Um, I, I know he's primarily, you know, teaching in the WW4A school down in or WWA4 uh, school, whatever, down there in Atlanta, um, where he supplies some of the guys for action wrestling and, and other Southern uh, independent promotions around there. But it was really good seeing him in the ring. And it, these two just gelled. Yeah, it's just, I, I, everything I, worked. Everything clicked, everything worked, and it just felt like AR hasn't missed a beat from active in-ring competition. And again, you know, we were talking about Nick Wayne uh, just the night before with Speedball. Now he's in here with AR Fox, and he just he just grooves with everyone. He adapts, man. He's beyond his years, this level of, a, of experience, right? Just being able to work with different people, just out of a you know, getting out of a plane, heading over to the venue, and just put on your gear. Let's go. I think that kid's gonna be 
the, I mean, you know, it's it's not even that hot a take. It's it's, it's the tamest take of them all, but he's going to be huge. He's just going to be a He's going to be huge, and it's great to see that Tony Khan saw that and already jumped on the opportunity to get him. I agree. So, I mean, you know, these two, Fox, a lot of people emulate their style off of Fox. And I think Nick is one of those people in terms of the high flying capability that he brings to his matches. But he's smart with his, uh, you know, his flying capability. He's not trying to do anything like you you see with some of the other um, wrestlers out there that are, you know, high risk, high reward type uh, wrestlers. That you know they crash and burn a lot more. Sure. Nick is very timely, and I think he learned that a lot from AR. If you watch AR, is almost similar in the sense where he's calculated with the risks that he takes, and it it has to make sense for AR to take that risk. Um, so it was very nice seeing that in there. I you know this was a very good match. I enjoyed watching it. Another good opener to get people excited for the rest of the show. Which followed with uh, El Gringo Loco defeating Ninja Mac, uh, which is exactly the type of match you expect when you hear these two guys. Like, you know, just cartwheels and flips and ridiculous stuff happening. Um, you know, Gringo Loco hits a uh, he hits a great top rope uh, cutter uh, at some point. There's and you know Ninja Mac does his like his mind-boggling backflip handstand Topican Hilo. Like I don't un I don't understand how he pulls it off, but he does every time. Um and the everything comes to a crashing end with an avalanche spinning sit out power power bomb by which I, the first time I saw that move from Gringo was a West Coast Pro uh four way and he hit it on Nick Wayne. Well, there you go. So, so I mean that—that's a great move. It always surprises me when it comes to um, Ninja Mac trained by Booker T. Mm-hmm. And also, he was in Cirque that Circus Soleil. So, a lot of the athleticism, a lot of his, you know, movement and stuff like that comes from the Circus Soleil. Now, but the fine. Go ahead. Here's the here's the question I posit to you, uh, mm-hmm. Ninja Mac, masked, right? Is he is he Reginald? Is he Reggie? I, I'm I'm starting this up now. Cirque du Soleil, so on and so forth. Reggie wrestle Reggie wrestles on 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 Monday nights. He's free on his weekends. Former Cirque du Soleil guy. Yeah, but hmm. I'm just saying. I mean, look. I wonder Ninja if they Mac know each is, other at least. Oh, they probably. Well, you'd be surprised though, because the the Cirque shows there's like Uh, eighteen Cirque du Soleil shows, like and there's like in in Las in Las Vegas, there's like seven of them running at the same time. You know? Yeah, there's a bunch of it's insane. It's insane. Um, but uh, uh, look, Ninja Mac is going to to Japan soon. So if we don't see Reggie on WWE television during that, no, why? Well, no why. I hope he enjoys Noah, because obviously he would be a nice uh, shot in the arm there. Oh look, hey, they they need more guys. Uh, they need more guys to job out to Muda now. Cause yeah, because all the real stars are done jobbing to Muda. Nakajima doesn't want to job to him anymore, and Ken Owens. They're all done, yeah. 
Uh, Ninja Mac also was uh, over the last weekend uh, the WXW Shotgun Champion. He won it during uh, 16 Carat Weekend. So congratulations to him. Big, he lost the one. day. He lost it the day after, but hey, you know, still won it. That's all that matters. We go into the sports entertainment section of the evening, where we go to uh, Matt Cardona, who's there to uh, remind everyone that he has created GCW. If it wasn't for Cardona, there would be no GCW. But taking on the 72-year-old Action Mike Jackson. Every time I see Jackson wrestle, I'm just blown away that he could still do this and do what moves that he's been doing. People say, but I look at, you know, people say, and it's like, I hope, you know, I don't even look as good as Mike Jackson does, you know, and he's 72. Brother, I didn't even look as good as Mike Jackson does at 72 as when I was 22. So, I mean, it's, it's it, and I mean, look, this is the, you know, it's exactly the match you, you expect. It's fine. It's all heat for Cardona, who is eventually... Uh, starts talking shit about uh, about Chris Dickinson, and it just turns out Chris Dickinson's there. So they do the cowardly heel thing and whatnot, continuing to set up their match at. Uh, are are they on spring break? Is that what they're? Uh, doing yeah, it? they're on night two of spring break. Uh, so the the greatest clusterfuck. Now uh, show. Now again, this is uh, this, again it's something that we've talked about, but I want to expound on it a little bit. As far as heels in GCW go, indie heels, right? You got mm-hmm. Matt. I I, th- I threw this your way, and I'm I'm gonna ask it to you. Yeah. Ricky Shane Page during that, you know, Four, four during already, the, yeah. the, the 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 feud with Gage and the championship run, or Matt Cardona. Who's the better heel? Cardona, because I feel as if Cardona is bringing new eyes onto the company. Which is great okay, for well, okay. Well, you think of okay, the business sure. part of it, you're sure, gonna, sure, sure, okay. Which I agree, but I mean, like you know, you looking at it as a fan, and you're like, which which one of these two guys? Because let it, Ricky Shane Page, I still have trouble buying him as a babyface, right? Oh, sure, yeah, and you know, seeing him for so long as a babyface, at first I had trouble seeing him as a heel when this all first started with Four Four O. Um, but and then, then he just amped it up, and he, yeah. Oh. But I think with Cardona, there's no le- like. Was you could see the likable quality with RSP. With Cardona, there's no nothing really truly likable about him. Uh, I think you know in that case he's done it. He's done a great job in terms of being a heel. He amps up everything that an indie wrestling fan hates about TV wrestling the catchphrases, the buzzwords, what he calls the title, just certain things like that, what he calls the fan base itself. You know, he gets under the nerve of the general, the everyday fan, Mm -hmm. which I think, to me, he gets under my skin. You know, Homecoming Night 1, when he won that title, was a, a disaster in terms of fan behavior. But it, it was an emotion that you haven't seen in a wrestling show in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And did you see that when Ricky did that with the gauge and all that stuff? Sure. But over time, people started liking 440. Sure. People start, People still don't like sure. Cardona. Yeah, no, exactly. Cardona, Cardona is, is definitely, he's not, he's not cool. 
No. Like he's not designed to be cool. And he leans into that. He was wrestling in fucking Buzz Lightyear gear in, you know, uh, uh, the, the, this past weekend. Like he leans into, he gets it. This is all the shit mm-hmm. people hate. Um, you're absolutely, like, honestly, you make a super good point uh, on that level. Cause, uh, cause that everything about him is, is cringe. And it's from, it was from the get go when he unmasked that night when, you know, John Moxley came to attack Nick Gage and it was him. And we're like, mm-hmm. no, anyone but this shithead. And what a fantastic move for him because it's completely revitalized his career. Like, completely. I, 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 in, in my opinion, people remember what he did in the indies and beyond. And people will never remember what he he's done in WWE in like five, ten years. People remember this for him. The the woo 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 stuff, and that'll be it. it was, oh yeah, yeah, that's the guy that went woo woo woo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we go in. Yeah. We go into our next match. Yeah. yeah. It's good seeing ACH back. And I happy. enjoy. Yeah, and happy and level headed, and you know he took that time away that he needed to really just rejuvenate himself and rejuvenate his career, his love for wrestling, which honestly, like, you know, a lot of people fall out of love with wrestling when they're in a situation that, or Mm -hmm. anything in general, when they're in a situation that isn't great for them. So seeing him in that ring again, in a match with Tony Deppen, who Deppen is just a very, very good dickhead um, in general. Um, You know, I really, I really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, nice little uh, touch of the uh, counter mutilation by uh, Deppin in that match, which oh, just love that. Just, just a nice little sprinkle there. Um, Deppin wins with a roll up using the ropes for leverage. I mean, look, this was a very, I thought this was a very solid match, very, very well yeah. played by both uh, by both guys. I wouldn't be disappointed if we uh, saw them do this again. I no, I, I wouldn't mind it either. We go into a scramble match. Uh, Alex Sloan defeats one called Manders, Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, and Zenshi, which was nice to see Zenshi for the first time since I used to watch MLW Weekly. I stopped, but it was good seeing him. Scramble matches, whatever. I, I understand more people on the card get them in and more spot fest stuff. Yeah. I was a fan of this one in particular because like of the, hard, the hardcore elements you saw. Manders bring out the door. You saw Cologne. He is the GCW ultraviolet champion. Um, and now also uh, he won another title, the TNT extreme title over in the UK uh, a couple days prior. So seeing him as a double champ uh, was very nice to see. Yeah. But I mean, that's really it from the, these uh, scramble matches. Cologne wins and we move on to well, the we, next. But we did have just before we move on, we did yeah. have that crazy ass spot by Zenshi, right? Who did that spinning backward 630. I don't, to the he, floor, he, which it was, was ridiculous. absolutely amazing. But yeah, but I'm with you. A scramble match is what is it? I like this one for what it's worth, but generally speaking, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big scramble guy. No. But you're going to walk me through this match though. The tag team match that we got uh, students from the WWA4 school who popped up here, Ash Bennett and Rico Gonzalez defeated Bobby Flacco and Cavern Canyon. That's a mouthful. Well, actually, yeah, it went uh, to no contest. Yeah, it went to a no contest. Uh, 
due to some bitterness from uh, one Joseph Janella, <laughs> the third. Uh, he came out here and really has been healing it up recently. Um, the patch. LA set of shows, he turned on tag team partner uh, Sean Waltman, and that set up a match between the two of them at Spring Break Night 1. But Joey is really going on this, you know, it's about me tour and really focusing in on if it wasn't for him, there would be no GCW. But, you know, bringing in that moment that he had with Zandig falling off the roof, um, which then would turn into no AEW. And my personal favorite quote of the weekend would be that WWE wouldn't have their Saudi deal because of that spot, yeah. which was just brilliant. Janelle is back at this zone where I feel like, for, number one, he's in shape finally. So it's nice to see him in a, a, in a condition where he's really focusing on himself and mm. becoming a better wrestler because the matches says he's had have been some of his best in recent memory. And also, he... I think he knows the writing's on the wall. It's going to happen to him at when his contract ends in AEW. So he's going to make the most of it on the indie scene again. And I think we're going to see more of a quote-unquote selfish Joey Janela. Which is um, the best Joey Janela, if we're being honest. If we're being honest, it is the best Joey Janela. And it it always should have been this Joey, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know... Well, this, I mean, he, he falls into this into this area where, you know, he's supposed to be the best. Like, you know, there's there's a, you know, uh, rest in peace, but there's a Scott Hall element to him, you know, where you're su- you're not supposed to like him, but you end up liking him because he's so fucking good at what he does and he's so charismatic and believable and you get, you know, you you like to not like him, but eventually it, 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 it he, there, there was a point, I think, that it did stunt him, his growth as a, as a as a as a heel because people were just people were just behind him they were naturally just backing him up because he was right and i mean not only that i think a lot of people especially aw pigeonholed him as this one style of wrestler mm-hmm. the hardcore deathmatch wrestler and you saw his early matches against a moxley against kenny and then that three-way at All Out uh, with Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen in that uh, Cracker Barrel match. You get to see him do this style, and he openly admitted like he didn't want to be this, mm-hmm. this pigeonholed in this style, but his best matches came in this style. At, at, at some point or another, I understand wanting to branch out and become better. I will say... He has become serious about his body. He's become serious about him as a performer. Sky's the limit for him on the indie scene, and he will get booked everywhere. Oh, He's already getting booked everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, no. The, the the AEW stuff is just just gonna light a fire, make him make him more desirable. If anything, no, I, I'm I'm absolutely with you. So yeah, basically, he just sat around and started complaining about X Pac again. So there you yeah. go. Where, where where are Joey's flowers? Where are Joey's I'm gonna get some from a gas station while in Dallas, so I can give it to him. <laughs> I think he likes the gas station roses. Ali so, Catch, yeah. Took on how about Jordan this? Grace, and she she defeated Jordan Grace on top of that. She she Brother, did defeat this. I think this was my favorite Ali Catch match. 
I think so too. And honestly, and, and I like, say that enthusiastically, not like, well, you know, I think this was the best match she wrestled. Like I'm enthusiastic about it. I'm glad to say it. I, this was her best match. I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I honestly feel like she's over the past year transformed her character from a cat to a more serious style wrestler. And over that course of time has also improved her entering. She's another one who's taken this a little bit more seriously and it's shown and it's finally in a sense paying off um, for her to become one of the most des I'm not going to say desirable, but she's coming up there where, you know, she's starting to get booked outside of GCW to be in uh, certain featured matches and stuff sure. like that. Um, you know, they're putting a lot of, you know, pressure on her. They gave her the Ruby uh, Soho match at Hammerstein. They gave her this match in Atlanta. The, you know, she winning against Jordan, in my opinion, is the right move if they want to make her you know serious it would be i would love to see her wrestle more women in gcw instead of being in some of these intergender because i do think that she has you know the ability to be one of the top female wrestlers in the independent scene if she you know if given the opportunity to and you see those improvements show after show in, not only in gcw but she goes to glory pro she goes to um West Coast. certain other Prestige. west coast if she yeah goes over there too and does certain things over there and i think um you know her getting the singles opportunity because obviously with prestige she got her opportunity over there with effie and their tag team um but i i feel like she's grown a lot i agree i agree she ends the match with a heat seeker on top of that well that was pretty dope no, for real. I, I like honestly. This I was, love that move. I love it. A good. I love the heat seeker. I think it's great. Um, and uh, I, I thought this was an extremely strong match. I thought it was very, very good. And uh, yeah, book more women's matches, Brett. Please. Uh, we go into uh, one of two title matches of the night: the GCW Extreme Title Match. AJ Gray defeats Effie. Short and sweet. Um, you know, Effie comes out guns a blazing. He's home. So he has the hometown crowd and but no, again, well, hang on a second. Effie always has the fucking hometown crowd. Effie he is does. the most over guy on the indies. I, I agree with you Outside there, but gauge. I think even more so than Nick, but uh, we can talk about that at another time. Okay. Because uh, uh, <laughs> that could be a whole thing in its own. But uh, I do. Th Effie was in Atlanta where he resides now. So he had a lot more of the hometown flavor there. Sure, sure, sure. And he came out, you know, looking to end this pretty quickly. AJ is just AJ. And obviously, as he's gearing up towards his match with John Moxley, why was he going to lose the extreme title? There, yeah. Yeah. There was no reason to. Um, I, that Lariat's vicious. No, oh, no. That he's... AJ has. Just it just you you really do expect a decapitation. It's really good. Um, the, Effie drops uh, AJ Gray on right on his crown with like a backdrop driver or something. And mm -hmm. where I'm, I, I sort of got a little little scared, popped out of my seat on that. And was like, oh, that's not good. German uh, AJ Gray Germans Effie into the turnbuckles, and yeah, it's the lariat that does it. I I. I very good match between uh, between uh, Catch and Grace. And my match of the night, Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian. And I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting hot just thinking about it. 
again. You're making me a little hot too, thinking about it too. This, this right here, Blake Christian is fucking back. And how? And how? Thank God. Like, it took a little bit for Alex Zane to find his legs after he was removed from that system. It took Blake a little bit longer. Um, but honestly, like, this was the match that he needed to get himself back. The Leo match was just a little bit of a taste. Mm-hmm. Gresham brought him over to that hump that I was just waiting for. It's unfortunate that I, I, it wasn't for the Ring of Honor title, like the original match was supposed to be. Granted, we all know who was going to win regardless of that, too. Um, but, I mean, Gresham, watching Gresham, I, I just... When you, I, I, I've seen Gresham live once, and that was at a homecoming night to you. I just, you just like only thing I did was watch him and watch his movements. It's really all you can do. And this was similar watching from home, just watching how he goes in and out of those different pin combinations is mm-hmm. astounding. Yeah. Just, yeah, the, the way he just manages to just uh, transition from thing, from, from thing to thing. I don't know. It, it, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's maybe it's it's just me, uh, but, you know, between his indie appearances these days, the Terminus shows, we're getting a lot more Gresham for our buck now that since January, when you think about it, yeah. um, since the since the, the the first Terminus show, he's been wrestling quite. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Jonathan Gresham again in a few minutes, which is, you know, not a bad thing. But this match here. Just absolutely fantastic stuff. And you'd think it's like, you know, and yes, you get the the outstanding high-flying action of a Blake Christian, but like you said, I think here he had he wanted to prove something, if not just to himself, that he could work uh you know, for better use of a term, a pure match, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh f- then uh, than pe- than people might expect out of him. I think, you know what? I like this this story as real as it may maybe or not that that you brought up that you know Blake Christian is on a redemption tour, but he's re- like for himself. Yeah, I don't think there's re- any because I don't think there's any because fa- I remember. Look, before he got signed to the Fed, he was on this tear just a couple of weeks before that. He was in that X Division tournament in Impact. And he was having outstanding matches. He was on New Japan Strong. I can't remember who he fought on New Japan Strong. But I was like, Jesus Christ. And then you learn about the the, the signing that he's going to the to the Fed in the midst of all of this. And you're like, look, look at what we're losing here. You know, it's like, right. it's not even... It, the point being is that I think the Redemption Tour, if you want to call it that is really for himself to prove to himself that he can do this and that he can elevate his game outside of, you know, a billion dollar company that'll just pay him to say, sit in catering until they need him for a funeral angle where he'll say one line, right? Because the line would be, oops. Because <laughs> he had one, he had one outstanding match with Kushida, right? And you're like, of course, you and, have to have an outstanding match with Kushida. Uh, and then he yeah. loses to fucking Odyssey Jones, right? So you're like, okay. and that was it. And you know, the the guy's not dumb. He gets released. So I think this is my very long winded way 
I'm saying you wouldn't have had it any other way on Mr. Warren Hayes show. Uh, this is my very long-winded way of saying, you know, I think that he, uh, that, uh, that this tour that he's on right now is to prove to himself that he can, that he can still do this because he has nothing. I don't think anyone is like, well, you know, he has to prove himself to me again. I don't think anyone was that sour grapes about him. No, I don't think so. But you, uh, you know, you never know. You, you never know. I mean, like, honestly, like you, in the GCW Patreon podcast, like, Brett gushed over Blake and you know he was very happy for him but like selfishly upset that he was going to the Fed just because of how much he liked Blake as a wrestler sure. and I you know you mentioned like this redemption tour for Blake Blake kind of hinted at in his post-match promo yeah you know talking about it like his dark times and everything like that he's doing he's you know all heart you know what that means for him and everyone cheering that's just making him believe again so you know, well, he's, angling, I'm ex- he's angling for Will Ospreay there in uh, in Warrior. That's he what is. they're that's what they're setting up too. You are you kidding me? Like regardless of what you want to th- look, you know, Will Ospreay always comes with a certain amount of baggage, right? Uh, fair, fair. I, 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 I and I completely I completely understand it. You know, Will dug his own hole on that one. You know, that's mm-hmm. wh- whichever way. But um, but as we. Uh, you know, as we look at Will and and Will right now, he is unquestionably one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And you're gonna you're gonna slide Blake Christian in there, and they're gonna have a match, you know, somewhere in Chicago in the Chicago area. That's just how fucking great are the Indies these days? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it, like it's I said, like, it's it's booming again, and. It, 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 it's not it's not even close to busting which is nice just because of just everything is working in a way where it all makes sense and it it's great being a fan of wrestling but it's extra special to be a fan of in, uh indie wrestling right now just because of how rich it is and how deep it is yeah. uh speaking of how deep it is we go into our main event which is for the GCW tag team titles the hate club of Nick fucking gauge and matt tremont take on sgc which is matthew justice and the returning mance warner so where where were we again exactly what what was the arena we were in uh the center square i can never okay okay who used to run at that arena before gcw uh ring of honor you know who used to run there that's a very good question. NWA? WCW. WCW. I'm I'm terrible with venues. That's the one thing. WCW Saturday night was primarily from center stage. Look at that. Okay. What kind of finish did we have in that main event? Uh, oh, <laughs> we had a non-finish, actually. We did. We had a uh, Vince Russa era WCW finish where the ref counted both Mance Warner and Matt Tremont's shoulders down, and we ended in a double pin. Right. Titles don't change hands. I would have said, yeah, because it, it was Justice and Gage who were pinning, pinning. the other guys. I would have said, okay, new champions, Matt, Matt Justice and Nick Gage. That's what I would have done. Matt, Matt Nick. Matt Nick. But that, no, but think about it. Matt Justice, Nick Gage, 
Matt, Nick, call them the Gore Bucks or anything. The Bucks of Gore. The Bucks of Gore. So you, you had this match. This was already a match that was going to be a wild one just because of who was involved. Um, I was surprised to see light tubes in this venue. I didn't expect to see that. So, no. I mean, obviously it was a nice touch. I don't think Gage would have been t uh, told no. This era of Nick Gage is going to be remembered for him winding down his career. I think it's finally hitting him that he can't go to the level that, you know, he expects to go anymore. So him primarily in attacking him primarily with uh, Matt Tremont, you know, Matt will take most of the beating just as Matt did in his career uh, all, you know, all the way through it. But I mean, this was just an example of what you should expect at a w, uh, WCW show, at a GCW show <laughs> with a WCW finish. Um, so this is leading to a big tag team match at night one of spring break. We're going to be seeing the Hate Club take on not only Justice and uh, Mansur again, but the Briscoes. Mm -hmm. So three-way tag match. This is going to be insane. It was funny because Matt Tremont at the end, he had the microphone and he just pratted off. He's like, ah, the spring break. We're going to fucking do it. We're going to fucking do it. <laughs> you, you, you two and us. And while we're at it, why don't we throw in the Briscoes? I'm like, okay. So, sure, right. why not? <laughs> and I mean, the, the Briscoes are working how they did when ROH was more independent, wasn't backed by like, the TV sure. and everything like that. They're working more of that crazy hardcore style. We're seeing them pull out moves that we haven't seen them pull out in years on on everyone. So this match, I mean, originally was going to be Hate Club uh, Briscoes, but adding that SGC element, it's just going to be insane. Um, all these th All these three teams have history with one another. I will say... For me, this show felt like a slight miss. I think really? the main event. Okay. The this the main event took the wind out of a lot of people's sails. I agree. Myself included. Uh, um, I mean the finish. The finish to the, the finish. Yeah, the finish did. The main event itself the, was, I it was what fun. I expect. Yeah. yeah, it was a fun brawl, you know. But the finish just like. Yeah, no. The, and the, then the, the finish did feel weird. You're like, oh, really? Oh, what? What's Look, I think referees, and this is regardless of the promotion, referees counting when both guys' shoulders are on the mat is stupid, and you have to stop that. that, that I don't know why a ref that. does that. Not only that, but you had the ref at the outside who was there just to clean up debris tell the ref what happened. You're there cleaning debris. You're yeah. not there to ref the match. The ref like, just I don't... ends up, they just end up looking stupid. No they one do. wins in this, you know. The, mm -hmm. the, there's nothing. There, I, you know, I don't I, bring me a dusty finish any day above this kind of shit. Um, yeah. I, I actually really liked the show. I thought it was very, very good. I, um, you know, out despite the because for me, my my main event was Gresham versus um, Christian, which I, I think, which I think people should go out of their way. To I like that match, but I think I like uh, Grace and Allie a little bit more. It had a lot. It. it it worked on such an emotional level and was really, really good. I agree. Like, there's yeah. tons of great stuff on this show. Like, there's really, really tons of Nick Wayne and AR Fox, uh, uh, ACH and Tony Deppen, the ladies match, uh, everything connected. I like this. I like the show. 
a lot. I feel I liked it more than you did. Ah! That's fine. Uh, Ah! GCW, before the collective happens, they're going to the Roxy for one night only next Thursday, the 24th. No matches have been announced yet. Don't expect any to. It's going to be one of those, I think. It's going to be one of those. I think it's, I, my opinion is it's going to be a second emo night. Oh, could be. Like they did in New York. That's Because they wanted, they want to do LA. So. On, uh, on March 12th as well, we had the uh, other, the, the second of three prestige West Coast Pro co-promoted shows, as real as it gets. Very quickly, Sean, because I didn't watch it. I know you did. I yeah. think you didn't care for it much. Give us an overall no. idea of uh, of your feeling of the, but quickly because I want to get to the yeah, more yeah, yeah, juicier yeah. bit that we have left. Sure. No, I feel like this show, it, it just felt there like nothing was totally wrong with her, or you know nothing was like horrible about it. It just just was a their show. Like you know, oh, there's a, a bunch of matches. It um it was it felt long um. You know, a couple matches to watch, in my opinion, Shaza and uh, Sandra McKenzie and Sandra Moon, who uh, Sandra Moon's making a name for herself in the uh, West Coast. She's a big uh, wrestler right now for GCW's LA promotion, LA Fights. Mm -hmm. Um, She's part of that S4TV crew out there with uh, Ariel Noctis, Jody himself, and Lazarus. Um, C4 and Pax Americana was a very good match, too. Uh, Check that out. Um, also check out the three-way match for the prestige title, which Alex Shelley retained, regained, excuse me, um, against Titus and, uh, Ray Horace, which, why, why do why did we have that change? Why did the change why? in the first place on the Friday? If you're going to do it back on the, uh, on the Saturday. And the thing is, is that like, I haven't watched the show yet either, but I wanted to see Alex Shelley and Ray Horace. What are you talking about? So yeah. why do we, I, 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 I feel we got cheated out here, Sean. And a dark horse match, Alan Angels from the Dark Order or the Dork Order, wherever you want to call them, against Robert Martyr. Very good. Martyr and Angels. Angels is very good on the Indies before he got signed. Um, mainly a Southeast guy, but, you know, yeah, very good. Let's go to Beyond. Monkey Business. Another the show. Funky named Monkey after... is back. Yes. Another show named after. A returning wrestler. They did the same not too long ago with uh, Biff Busick with the Day 91 show, which I thought was amazing. And Monkey Business, referring to one Angel Ortiz from a, the tag team that you might know as Santana and Ortiz. But we're going to talk about him in a little bit because the uh, the show started with Marcus Mathers defeating Dustin Waller in the pre-show. Marcus Mathers, right? You got to keep an eye on that guy. You do. Uh, uh, Matt Tremont's student finally getting himself outside of the H2O uh, promotion. Uh, you've seen him in uh, Freelance Underground. You've seen him in JCW, GCW. Now we're seeing him in Beyond. You know, sky's the limit for this kid. Um, besides Austin Luke, another student of Tremont's, I think he's probably right up there in terms of a guy who will have it. He really, he really does. The match officially started with a no disqualification match where. I independent wrestling champion AC Max, AC Mac, excuse me, uh, fought Slade in a non-title surprise no disqualification match. He won't Slade fight. Won. He won't defend the title in uh, the Northeast based on his uh, his rules. 
the only time he did now uncharted territory is coming down south i slade to me is the great the greatest thing in in the northeast indie scene right now especially with beyond his whole name taking the whole screen when they come out you saw them accidentally put it up when the rocket was about to go up yeah yeah i was i was like oh slade's coming out let's go let's go uh i he's just insane and he's a uh, he's a brian myers trained uh wrestler who comes from that's interesting i didn't know that no, you know, he, 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 uh, he, obviously, you know, he, he's like, they portray him, like they keep calling him the Michael Myers, right? He's the psychopath. He's the, he can, and you know, the brawler, the, the guy who'll just do anything to get a win. This what this, this was fun. You know, I like AC Max bit, you know, I, I like the idea of regional heels and regional baby faces. It reminds me of Brett in 97. Well, there you go. But, but I mean, like, even back in the territory days, that was the mm-hmm. deal too, right? And that's sure. what it is. Like, AC Mack is going to go, he's going to he's gonna wrestle at Action 1, and people are just going to, they're going to go nuts. You know, it's, it's And then be, he comes up to Beyond, and they hate him. And they hate him. And isn't that, Sean, I, that, that speaks to me as an old-time, old-school long time professional wrestling fan i'm like fuck this is great this is great this this is wrestling like this to me is what gets people invested in a performer gets invested into the different promotions that he he wrestles in because why is he getting cheered here but over here he's getting booed like why what's going on here and exactly the northeast versus southeast feud right now it, through it's iwtv great. it's great it's smart and it gets people more interested in what IWTV has to offer. Now let's bring in the West Coast. Let's bring in the Midwest. Let's make this crazy. Yeah, let's yeah, make this let... a, make this a territory system again. And AC Mac is trying to do that with the Northeast Southeast. Just imagine that spreading like wildfire. Fantastic, because it's working. That's it's working it is. right now. Anyway, Slade defeats Mac. Mac retains his title because he flew in. He flew in on Delta. Going back on Delta. First class. Kimberly. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Kimberly had her open challenge. She was supposed to face Layla Hirsch, who was pulled she was. from the card. And who did who replaced her? Well, none other than the dependable Billy Starks. I feel like every time there's a woman who has to bow out of a card, they always Billy's call there, Billy. And Billy's like, yep, I'm there. Zello Pro had a show where Trisha Dora, I think, was supposed yeah. to face yeah. uh, Kylie during the weekend that she got the concussion. Who came in? Billy, Billy Starks. Starks. It's a depend. Call Billy. When call in Billy. Trouble, when yeah. in trouble, call Billy. I this was tell great. You, and one of the things that I paid attention to closely was the two of them, Paul Crockett, Sidney Bacavella, talking about how similar these two were when they first start when you know with billy this is really her first time but really with kimber starting and beyond she had that same underdog attitude like you know she was going against these guys like a chris dickinson like a jt dunn like a chris hero so all these bigger guys um and she's coming in and we see the same thing with billy elsewhere it was almost like watching the two of them like watching them rest uh, kimber wrestle in a mirror it's right, so. Right, right. Hey, but look, I, th- I I thought this look th- this match was fantastic. I abs- I I loved it, and I thought it was a. 
I, I liked it better than the Slade stuff. I, I, you know, to me, this this is where the show kicked off. Sure. Um, just fantastic stuff. Huge German suplexes. He hits a code red on on uh, on um, Kimberly, who is you know not she's not tiny. You know, like good. That was a big power move right there. She gets suplexed into the turnbuckles as well, but it's the Swanton that puts it away. Just fantastic stuff. I like Billy Starks so fucking much, and this is this is a woman who has exploded in the past eighteen Year months or so. I would say so, and like I would say, from the time of the collective last year in Tampa to now, she's a completely different wrestler. I and and it's insane. She like I like okay. I think it's very fashionable these days to be very high on sky blue. Okay. And, oh, and perfectly so. I think in and, some and, cases, you know, I don't want to, you know, compare, like feel like I'm comparing, well, there are apples to apples because of their age, because so, but I, I think there are comparisons to draw between the careers of these two, of these two women. And it, like I said, you know, I think there's something very fashionable these days about to, to be very high on, on Billy Starks, excuse on 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 Sky Blue, but in my opinion, it, Billy is a far more polished product than than Billy Starks is. A couple of weeks ago, Christ, then Sky Blue. I'll get the, I'll get it right. You know the uh, look, Warren. The the ongoing long term story of Warren's stroke continues here tonight on Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs. Um, here's the, a couple of weeks ago, I see Sky Blue in a warrior wrestling ring and, and I'm looking at her fight and she's fighting, uh, uh, Miranda Alizé, right? Long, uh, a vet, you know, and I'm looking at her go and I'm like, this is what this, the, the, this kid is missing. She's missing a connection with the audience. She's missing the, 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 the facials, the expressions, the moments, where she will drag the audience in because she has intangibles. She has the charisma. She has that natural baby face uh, uh, likeness to her. You know, there. I th- the audience can easily be dragged to her, but yeah. I think that she needs to get the audience. She needs to build the audience on her side more than what she does, so that when she does go for her big baby face comebacks, they work. Whereas now they're sort of a little iffy and Billy does everything of that. She's, she's extraordinary, but she knows who she is in the ring now. Cause I agree as opposed to the collective last year, Billy Starks today, she knows who she is in the ring. She comes with confidence. She understands what her persona is, what, what she wants to convey. She's on a whole other completely different level. And now she's coming out. In Joshi gear or Joshi yeah. inspired gear, and she's wrestling hard, like she's laying in the strike, she's doing the Germans into the fucking turnbuckles. I'm like, who is she training with? What tapes I are mean, she is she watching? Is she's go is she watching some AG, AGPW from 1995? Good for her if she is. She's doing something. And I, I want to say, you know, based on the like, people like be, believing that comeback and stuff, just watch her emo in the ring, like when she gets like down, like. 
it looks like she's practically near tears when she's like getting beat up everything like people believe in that and they they believe in her emotion they feel for her and then you know you hear them clap you hear them cheer for billy to make that comeback and when she does they go crazy for her and uh, you know that's one of the things like you why wouldn't you and like that's one of the things that you're talking about that you know is a disconnect right now with sky blue i think sky blue reminds me of a lot of an early kylie ray where i she had that same issue kylie really trying to work the crowd and get the crowd to believe her. Right. Okay. Before she really leaned into it. Yeah. Really leaned into it. I I think, you know, a lot of people in the Chicago area have that connection between sky and Kylie. I think from a grander audience and a grander stage, there is that connection between sky and Billy, but you know, sky's the limit for both of them. Oh, I agree. I'm excited. Go ahead. You know, where's TK with Billy's uh, contract when she turns 18? (laughs) Look, it's just it's it's odd to me sometimes when I when I look at the choices. But then again, like we're we're not privy to all these conversations. Maybe. Oh, yeah, of course. Maybe TK has reached out to Billy and Billy's like, you know what? Let me let me get my tour of the Indies. Let me go. See if I can't wrestle in Japan for a bit. Let me go see if I can go get some TG, TJPW in, you know, under the belt and come back. And then, like, because honestly, there's, you know and I know, there's, there's that danger of being signed too soon, right? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, the Young Bucks predicted it for Ricochet and look what happened, right? So, you know, make yourself undeniable at some point, then get signed. And I think, mm-hmm. I have a feeling... That might be how that might be Billy Starks's way of approaching it. I I like I don't know if she'd accept a, a contract. Yeah, good. All very good signs question. point to TK at the very least reaching out to her because TK is not a dummy. No, not with the not with the people. Not when you look at him picking up Lee Moriarty and fucking Wheeler Yuta and fucking uh, Daniel Garcia. He's not a moron. He knows what's going on in the indies. So at the very least, he reached out to her. At the very least. Mm-hmm. And, so that's, uh, why, that's why it's frustrating sometimes when I'm like, come on, TK Signer. Well, I mean, there's two people involved here. And, and, and I've talked to enough wrestlers, especially women's wrestlers on the independent circuit over the past uh, two years or so. To have heard a lot of them say, you know what, my goal isn't even to be signed. That's not even a target for me, because I can make a living on the indies. I can do what I want on the indies. There's a lot. There's more and more wrestlers who can who are capable of saying that because there is a really good ecosystem of wrestling that exists. That even if you don't want to get signed to a big TV deal, you could still go to NWA, make a buck there. You could still go to, thankfully, Ring of Honor is still around. MLW, like maybe not like you know, maybe you'd prefer them to be in your promotion of of preference but there's still possibilities for wrestlers to get to 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 go make money in 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 smaller promotions and keep their indie dates and not be beholden to a singular contract not everyone's goal is to goal is to be signed no i mean you see a lot of the people on the indies there's uh gary J and a, cu- a couple other people uh with the group name unsigned and don't care mm-hmm. so um, yeah, that's it. one 
one thing too to point out before we go on to this next match, and this becomes a reoccurring theme in this show. Kimberly calls out Biff. She, you know, she she's never faced Biff, and she wants that match. I want to see it. Like, when, of when's that do. gonna happen? Well, yeah. Of course, you want to see. Kimberly let's make it happen. Busick. Let's let's make this happen. You know. But let's talk about it now. You you started it up. Yeah, uh, you know. So Biff Biff came back obviously, and he's you know this hot commodity that came back to Beyond, and a lot of people feel the the need and. We see Alec Price, we see, you know, Willow, we see Kimber, we see all these people, you know, step up to the plate when Biff was gone and really, you know, make Beyond Wrestling theirs in a sense. Uh, Dickinson did it a little bit in terms of his initial run up to Sekimoto uh, during the initial season of Uncharted Territory, his undefeated streak. Um, we see Macau- Matt Mikowski really take a liking into and really driving a point home of trying to become one of the aces of beyond um Deppin, if when he shows up there he has a claim to you know want to be one of the aces so all these people really want to show and prove themselves as the go-to wrestler as you know the one that can carry the company and you need somebody to give you a good match against this person you know we have give me alex price give me willow give me whoever um so a lot of people are wanting to showcase to Biff that, hey, you're not the ace anymore. I am. Yeah. And that's, and, what, the, that's what was happening throughout the night, right? At the end of yeah. the matches, everyone was coming to the ring and calling out Biff. Say, like, hey, Biff, what about me? There's a couple of exceptions, but there's a payoff there's a to this at the end. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So our next match was uh, a match that actually started because of something that happened at Final Battle 2021 between Brian Malonis and Max the Impaler. This was, you know, I mean, this was just a brawl between two strong individuals. Um, I'm a fan of Max. They're very good. I'm a huge Uh, fan of Max. I love Max. Yeah, Max, you know, has really shown herself, I'm sorry, themselves as somebody who... uh, really taken their to them to the next level um i think they are uh one of the better you know wrestlers they can do fight whoever scare whoever um but this night didn't seem like they really could scare brian malonis who was actually making his beyond return here mm-hmm. um so it was you know nice to see him back and beyond and taking advantage of that situation and really continuing a feud from ring of honor, which is kind of funny in a sense, <laughs> which is, um, Malonis wins the match here, uh, has to go through some chicanery to get it done. Cause Max is, is insane. But, uh, but yeah. And he calls out Biff at the end, which leads us to our, uh, uh another match here. Ricky Shane page defeated, Smart Mark Sterling with the stipulation here was that he could beat Smart Mark with one hand tied behind his back. Seems like he beat him with both hands tied behind his back. He eventually did because because eventually um, VSK got him out. Got got a zip tie out and (laughs) tied both of uh, Paige's uh, uh, wrists behind his back. So this was this for a gimmick match it was, it of, was this, of this sort that was you know of course peppered with comedy because it's a it's a Mark Sterling match. 
I thought this was very successful. I was entertained by this. I was entertained with this too. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to get a level of comedy with both VSK and Sterling. They're still playing off of the RSP Cardona feud that's still going on. I don't think, it, obviously, it hasn't truly ended yet. Um, I did like seeing Atticus involved in helping out uh, Ricky in here. So, you know, here's another threat of 440 in Beyond for what we uh, were talking about earlier, indeed. Yeah. See, this is the wild thing, right? But and maybe this is maybe this this is part of the territory deal as well because they're on the West Coast and they're heels, right? They're fighting the the conglomerate, which are you know crowd favorites over on West Coast, West Coast Pro. They head on over here, and now that you know they're baby faces taking on you know Mark Sterling, who everyone hates. So you know it's like yeah. it's interesting. But I mean, also too, you know, with Ricky being a Beyond original, him coming out to that sure. uh, "We Can Roll" while song by Right White Rabbits, you know, he had that energy of, "Hey, I'm a I'm a good guy, guys. Like, let's have some fun with this." Um, and it was a really fun match. Did not call out Biff. Kind of. He did not call out Biff, but he did no. fly off the top turnbuckle with both hands tied behind his back to for the win with the big splash, which was pretty dope i enjoyed it it was fun i enjoyed this too and i enjoyed this next uh six person tag we had uh waves and curls with uh encore who's been uh making a name for himself on the wrestle open show now on thursdays on wwtv just in a in a vacuum here just before we move on waves and curls all right who would have thought that a whitney houston song as a theme song would light up a place so hard as to when these two guys come out with their high level of energy, the, 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 the confetti bombs, like just like, honestly, high, like always a highlight on any beyond show. When these guys come out, you're just like, mm -hmm. all right, all right let, let, let's just go. It, it's fantastic. Their presentation. So fucking simple. A song, two dudes with the energy, with the, with high energy levels and a confetti gun. And that's it. I fantastic stuff. Please yeah. Continue. So we had they faced Trishador and the Kings of the District, who are Elon O'Neill and Jordan Blade. A lot of fun, you know. In the beginning, they were singing "Happy Birthday" to Trish and Elon and Jordan wanted Trish to, you know, focus in on the match. We'll celebrate later, type thing. But I mean, it was a really good match between these six competitors. I like all six. I think Encore has been really standing out on Wrestling Open as one, besides um, somebody else we'll talk about in a few minutes. But I really feel as if um, with uh, this match here, got the crowd energy a little bit up to that next level. Um, I feel like some of them were getting tired from the match after match after match, but this was a good energy, high again. energy match. Yeah, what they needed. Because the crowd was back into it. Because, because they, they, you know, obviously, the, the, like I said, the, the the waves and curls entrance was one thing, but then, you know, Kings of the District, they have, they have a Paramore song as mm -hmm. their entrance theme, so everyone's skanking. Then, you know, like, like yeah. everything was just like a, a shot different. in the arm. You couldn't be, you you could not be energized by everything that was happening. Trisha Dora, one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, Jordan Blade. A, a, a great wrestler and a fantastic person. I love. I've interviewed her like three times. Just a wonderful mm -hmm. human being. Um, yeah. No, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it too. That brought us into 
one of the well, marquee matches. Before we go to that, oh. it was interesting at the end. The pa- Trish gets the mic first, passes it to Jordan, passes it to Eel, and Eel's the one who calls out Biff. That's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I I like Eel Neal, the African American horror story. He has come into his own, you know, through the help of Beyond and Uncharted Territory and some of the other, uh, you know, areas that he's been. But yeah, give give me that too. Why not? I, th- I I think and I think it's fair for him to get a little you know a little shine here because Trish is who she is. Like she's on a you know, she's she's remarkable in and about her own right. Jordan Blade has been tearing it up as well. Like she's been doing, you know, combat fights unlimited and so on and so forth. So she's been like very, very uh, proficient on her own. Eel always feels like the odd man out, like the third wheel, like the, you know, like the tag team partner to Jordan Blade, right? No, but for real, like, you know, we're not going to start no, calling them the yeah. Marginetti yet, okay? We're, no, we're don't away do that, that to him yet. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I think this was cool and I think that was probably by design, you know, to be like, mm-hmm. you know what, let's... Let's have Eel call out Biff. And you're like, yeah, give me Eel and Biff. Absolutely. Let Biff beat the shit out of him. But he'll bring out the best in him at the same time. Yeah. So we go on to the match that this show was named about. We go to uh, Jonathan Gresham and Angel Ortiz taking Mm -hmm. on one another here. And interesting to me, like, I just have to get out of my head that, you know, they're doing their own thing on the indies. Like it was weird seeing Santana, you know, wrestle in singles matches for Warrior, and he wrestled Terminus. elsewhere recently. Terminus. Um, so now we have uh, Ortiz doing the same. So I just have to get out of that habit to you know see both of them together. It's nice that they're getting out on their own. I think it's good for them to you know still get those reps in on the indies when they're not being used as often sure. on AEW. But also building their, their character and persona as singles competitors outside of a tag team environment. I and I I thought this was I thought this was pretty good. You know I think uh, uh, I think that again this was a bit of a clash of styles. You know where it's like uh, um, you know I I don't think this was a situation where Ortiz was looking to try to you know meet Jonathan Gresham one on one. No, they, you know I'll wrestle my style of match. You wrestle yours and, you know, we'll meet somewhere in the middle. This was fine, you know. It was like, wasn't the blow away, you know, match of the year contender or anything. You know, I wouldn't even say it's my match of the night. But it was a very, very good uh, wrestling match. You know, that you, you know, if you did sit down to watch the entire card, which you should, you won't get bored. This was good. No, it was good. Um, I mean, this was uh, Ortiz's first singles match in Beyond in six years. So, you know, it's been some time since he's, you know, not teamed with either anyone in Team Pazuzu or with his normal tag team partner in uh, Ortiz. Uh, I'm sorry, Santana. Uh, you know, Gresham gets the win. Gresham calls out Biff. Trend continues. Then we come back from intermission with Channing Thomas and Sidney Bacabella. God damn, Sidney Bacabella is fantastic, isn't he? I love, I love him on com. I just love everything about him. He's a very good commentator. Him and Paul Crockett riff together very well. Just some of the stuff he says is hilarious and just like very unexpected. And and then and then he gets in the ring with this, you know, this greasy, you know, you know, gym owner persona, which is yeah. just fantastic. 
they defeated little mean Kathleen and Teddy Goods in a. In this a, is in, just. Yeah. Go ahead. Building a Wrestle Open feud that they have. I think this is going to lead into the finale, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, Ted uh, Channing Ground Two. Um, you know, this just built that along a little bit more as more of a storyline-driven match. It was a funny comedic uh, match in some parts, and one of them being, you know, um, City going up to the top rope and them taking uh, Channing and themselves down to the other end, him climbing down, going, you know, vice versa, doing that whole thing. Um, I I think, you know, this has made Channing Thomas a little bit more worth watching the the group with him and uh, Sydney. He is from uh, the main promotion, Limitless, that prestigious, um, you know, that's uh, managed by John Alba. I got to drop him in there. Who, um, but, you know, this this was fine. Uh, like I said, it served a purpose to continue their feud and probably build it up to the finale. Sure. And a good, a good match to come back from intermission to lead us into Alec Price versus Masha Slamovich. He defeated her. Jesus Christ. This was this was brutal. Look, here's the thing. This is I look, it it this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do specifically a podcast on independent wrestling because I don't get to say it enough on the uh, on on the other show. Masha Slamovich is probably the best wrestler on the independent circuit right now. Because every time look she wrestles every weekend, two, three times a weekend. And when every time she wrestles, she's wrestling like it's the last match she ever will have. She's ridiculously good. And she's good with the women. She's good with the dudes. There's no, there's nothing that woman can do. She, wrestle, she wrestles her strong style, her Japanese-inspired strong style uh, type of wrestling that meshes so well. And she can do everything. I, I'm hard-pressed to think of anyone who is so consistent and pumps out so consistently great, fundamental, brutal, destructive matches like she does. Sean, I'm excited. Every time I see her on a card, I get excited. And you know, the thing is, she's just expanded into the deathmatch style of wrestling. Like she's now fully, she's more of a hybrid wrestler now where she does all these different styles and she's done them well. Yeah. It's not like all of it, she's like growing into one style. She does the strong style. She does the submission style. She's doing this deathmatch style, which we saw her earlier in the weekend go against Akira in that kind of style match. She does the hardcore style. She's been going at it at like 120 miles an hour since she's come back from Japan. Yeah. But, you know, she's getting the notoriety now. She's also a knockout in Impact Wrestling. So she's getting that TV time there. She's booked strong there. I mean, she took Deanna to the limit when they wrestled one another. And and she's doing, you know, she's looked strong even in defeat on the indies. Like, this is an example of her still coming off looking like a million bucks. She goes to wrestle. And, she she wrestled AC Mack a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. she's throwing him into the chairs. She's leap, leaping onto him into the chairs, into the audience. Like, she, she has, she, she she never holds back. That's the thing. She never ever holds back. Her body is a weapon, from top to bottom. It's ex- it's extraordinary. And this match was fantastic. We get a burning hammer into the turnbuckles. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Alex beach break. busted uh, open. And, and look, yeah, he got busted open. And look, let's 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 shine some praise on praise on Alex Price as well, because Alex, 
these two were perfect together because Masha just wants to beat people up and you know and Alec Alec Price has this violence about him like this 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 uh uh, uh but violence isn't the right word he's um I'll think of it <laughs> I'll think of it but he he has this sadistic side to him yes yeah viciousness yeah so like you know he can turn it up he's also had a very strong quarter I would say he's had a very strong back half of 2021 into 2022 sure. oh absolutely like like you know he's been coming and he's been looking like the ace of beyond he defeated Dickinson in a very good competitive match and you know he's taken that and he's ridden with that momentum and this is another example of that momentum that he's ridden. Just like Channing Thomas and Sidney Bacavella, he also calls out Biff uh, for a match. Another, like, this is, I would say this is 1B besides him, uh, Biff and Kimber, which is 1A. Give yeah. me one of those two first. Yeah, I um, agree. I'm fine either way. We're, we're getting excited. We're getting the dream matches pumping up, which is oh. good. And then as if, as if, as if Alec Price and Masha Slamovich wasn't good enough, we get fucking Willow Nightingale defeating Jordan Grace in an extraordinarily good match. It was, like a, you know, a very, very, very good match. Probably one of Willow's best. And here's another. There's another woman who, within the past two years, has exp- has grown because. You you could see you could see things with Willow. You could see ah she's got something, and you know again that natural charisma she has. You know that n- very natural charisma she has, effortless charisma maybe is how we should call it, right? Because she right. doesn't have to do much to get the audience to 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 back her. She has the presence. She understands how wrestling goes. But you were like, man, you know, you'd look at her matches like uh, not quite there yet, uh, not quite there yet. And then all of a sudden, the Ring of Honor stuff happens. She gets. You know, she pops up on AEW and we're seeing a different Willow Nightingale as far as her in-ring co- talent goes. Confidence it's the in same. Her. What's that? I think it has a lot to do with just her getting confident in herself again. Remember this, you know, two years ago, she had that major neck surgery. Sure. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's good. And but it's even good when as she your... was, look, even mm-hmm. when she, even when she was eye candy in wow, women of wrestling, because that, that was her name. That's oh. the name Dave McLean decided to give her. That eye candy. The Twitter account is still out there. Um, mm. e- even back then, she she had the presence, and you could tell that there was, you know, there was stuff there, but she couldn't quite get it. But yes, there was the surgery. I agree. But Jesus, this was incredibly good. Again with Jordan Grace, the night after her fantastic match with Ali Catch. Comes over to to the Northeast and drops a fantastic one with Willow Nightingale again. Like this was great. I I I uh, one of my favorite matches of the night, if not my if, my match of the night. Give me more independent uh, Jordan Grace on the AD scene. I, I, you know, originally you know uh, Willow was supposed to be in that six person tag on uh, before, and then initially. Um, Jordan and Lufisa were supposed to take on Layla and Masha. Lufisa pulled because of her back. Um, and then we got Willow, Jordan, and then we all, we're going to have Kimber and... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Kimber and um, Layla and that, ha- you know, all that. Yeah. Those changes happened. 
But I mean, you know, one thing that Willow didn't do is call up Biff B6. She still has a score to settle with Alec Price. And before Alec goes after Biff, she she has to go through she he has to go through her. So and that's gonna be something. Which brings us to our main event where Wheeler Yuta def- was defeated by the man of the hour, Biff Busick. Um, very dope match. I think kind of the match you expect, unless you only know Wheeler Yuta from AEW, where you're where this was probably a revelation to you. Oh, he knows more than a top row splash and a uh, and a quick pin. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he knows a I, lot of stuff. He does. Trained by Gulak and uh, Tracy Williams, so you know he has that little bit of the technical side in him down pat. I will say I did appreciate this match a little bit just because, you know, for people who may have been watching Yuta because they know this name from AEW, oh, they get this insight about how, you know, vicious Yuta can be. And this viciousness from Yuta is something that happened over the course of the second half of the year last year yeah. um, after he won the independent wrestling title. I I think, you know, Yuta has finally gotten it in terms of understanding how to become a full, you know, well-rounded performer. Um, I do think, you know, he should have... I, I, I wanted this to go a little bit longer. I mean, I just enjoyed this one a little bit. Yeah. This was my match in the night. Um, you know, Biff just uh, finishing recovering from COVID. Maybe, you know, he didn't want to go that long, which we understand. Whatever the case may be. I didn't know at the same time, too. Then again, you uh, don't need a 35-minute uh, no, you don't. main event either. You know what I mean? No, this this was straight <laughs> to the point. I, I mean, you know. but that And that's par for the course for Biff, too, right? Biff, Biff yeah. is, he comes in at Smash Mouth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat He's you all up. business, yeah. like in and out. So this was a really good way to cap off uh, the event. Biff knows about everyone calling him out. Everybody comes out. And who's going to step up? And it looks like Alec was ready to step up. But what what, what happened? Why aren't we getting Alec? And why aren't we getting that yet? Because Fandango showed up. The guy who beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania? Yeah, that guy. That's exactly the guy. You know what? I'm for it. Why not? Are you? Are L- you? Listen, I've been enjoying Dango's work on the indies, primarily in Limitless, um, before <laughs> he decided to choose his narrative as like the, um, <laughs> the right to censor version of himself. Now, it seems like he's going to be known as something like weird in call and control your narrative but look i don't know i look I mean, uh, control your narrative stuff aside because i know you're a fan you have the t-shirt okay so we're not gonna get into it i'm just a um, big fan of aew uh, no. <laughs> um the um i don't know how i feel about it but i can also appreciate a promoter going like look i'm gonna spread all these breadcrumbs and then I'm gonna <laughs> sideline. I'm gonna sidewind you with this, and it's nothing against. It's absolutely nothing against Dango and about. I, I, I don't know who could have really got me more excited than the prospect of everyone that they were hyping during the evening of a Kimberly, of an Alec Price, especially with Alec Price walking forward. I'm like, Jesus, here we go, let's go, you know? Yeah, like we were or, ready for that. 
or or Gresham coming back and doing it, you know? It's like you had all these wonderful little stories set up, but they're all set up. See, that's my yeah. consolation in this, is that Busick now has big matches slash feuds, whatever you want to call them, for the rest of the year. We're set. Yeah, we're set with Beyond for the rest of the year. Like, we're you good. know... Just you know, make them happen in an order that we like. You know, save Alec for last because I feel there's a bigger story with Alec around I, that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's there's always something very juicy with Alec Price because he's. And yeah. I think I think I think it's gonna evolve a certain title. Ooh, interesting. Hey, by the way, where was Matt Mikowski? That's a good question because I was waiting for him. Like he was advertised, I think. Because he was advertised that Mac Mikowski was going to show up. Yeah. So when so when Biff got jumped, I was like, "There's Mikowski." I thought I thought that was Mikowski too, and then all that's of a sudden another he... thing that makes the most sense because Mikowski's been on this undefeated streak, right? Well, at right. least I, I, is it still ongoing? I don't remember. I think so. I think, I think, it's, so. Uh, I think it's still ongoing. He beat Shelly at Day ninety one, right? Yeah, he beat Shelly. So. Oh. I th- I think he's it's still ongoing. So I was like, oh well, there you go. And then I was like, why is he in a mask and everything? Just you know, run in, <laughs> Matt. Just do your thing. Just do your thing. Yeah. So no that's what I hide. thought we were getting. Um, which which also is exciting, but like no sign of him, which was weird because Beyond was really leaning hard into into Mikowski. Um, I honestly felt that before they did the AC mask Max switch, Mikowski was gonna win the title off of Shelley. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that was going to happen. But then they decided to bring back the territories, and I can't bitch about that. I can't, I can't either. bitch about that. It it really works out, and you know, it's it's an interesting time to be a fan of promotions on IWTV. That's all I gotta say. Sean, what was your show of the weekend? Uh show of the weekend was this Beyond show. I feel like it had a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, I, I, you know, brought a little bit of everything to the table. My personal match of the weekend was Masha and Alex. I just like the heavy, uh, hitting back and forth, heavy action. What about you? My, my show of the weekend was monkey business too. I think the beyond okay. show, I think the beyond show was, uh, more, and here's the wild thing, right? Is that the beyond shows are, they're like four hour things. Like they're not like an in and out little three hour, two and a half. Like it's a, it's a good hefty pay-per-view. Lots yeah. of matches, but super well paced. I think great wrestling, top to bottom, as it stands right now. I think it is my favorite wrestling show of the year so far. All uh, right, we, we haven't had the collective, but I think as it no. stands right now, this is my favorite wrestling sh- ma- show of the year. I like this better than Day ninety one. Not gonna lie, I um, did too. I like the uh, I like that music, but I like this venue a little bit better. It's I think, it fits mm-hmm. more. I understand why they are going back to FET. Like, oh, they sure. have history there. But this is a better venue for wrestling, in my opinion. It fits and better. My match of the weekend is uh, Jonathan Gresham and uh, Blake Christian because I'm a mark. What are you going to do? <laughs> that's that, Just, that's my that's my reasoning. I, yeah, I, I love Blake Christian. Reason. I love Blake Christian. Jonathan Gresham's great. They both together made magic. Yeah. It was a very but, well done match. But it is a, like I'm saying that, but it's it's a very difficult week because on any other weekend, Alec, uh, Alec Price versus Masha Slamovich, Billy Starks versus Kimberly. Kimber. 
uh, Willow and Willow and Jordan, uh, Allie and Jordan, Allie and Jordan. Like there's, there's, there was ton, and and then we're forgetting over on West Coast. You get Speedball you know, Nick, Nick and, Wayne and Speedball. Yeah, Jesus. Like that. This was a. We said it at the start of the show. This was uh this was a weekend, the perfect weekend to start this off because there was not only tons of wrestling, but tons of great wrestling. It was. Next and weekend, keep, uh, and I wanted to keep this for an hour, uh, around an hour. And now look at where we are. I mean, this was uh, this was fun. I mean, there's a lot of great wrestling coming up. There's the collective in Dallas. There's uh, you know the stuff done by WrestleCon. There's that local Texas promotions running shows throughout the weekend. We'll talk about that. You know, it's three weeks away. We're coming close to it. Um, we're going to talk about that as we get closer. But, you know, once again, late weekend this weekend. <laughs> so not as many shows uh, to cover, but we'll be talking about a lot of them. Yeah, again, the, the, uh, there's yeah. there's still some stuff. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, WWR Plus and JCW, they're yeah. both on Sunday. Um, the WWR so yeah, plus is the, uh, well, it's the little mean Kathleen show, but they're not, they're not, they're, it's not branded. So, so specific, but you can, yeah. you know, it is, you but know it is. she will be facing someone who is not like most girls promised by Cindy Bacabella. <laughs> I'm interested in seeing who that is. Do you think people are going to get mad when Nia doesn't show up? Kind of like when people got mad that Cody didn't show up on raw. Do you think that's what's, what's going to happen? What's raw? <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. Hey, this was this was a lot of fun and a good first dive into it. It felt good to talk about independent wrestling. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Sean, before we leave, what have you got going on these days? So I run a podcast on the Count Out Podcast Network called Pure. It's all about Ring of Honor from 2002 to 2021. We sprinkle in every so often just different things about the promotion. I give you a half hour, 45 minutes of time just going over the shows, just going in it from a fan perspective. Um, I just actually switched to a weekly model before I was doing a bi-monthly. So now I'm going weekly as I'm gearing up and getting ready for Super Card of Honor on April 1st, led by Tony Khan. Smart to have a. I I think the Ring of Honor podcast community is going to have a revival. I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, an uptick in interest. Uh, but yeah, go te- go check Sean out. It's at countdownpod.com/pure. Links will be in the description, of course. As for me, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, I record the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast live, uh, where I talk about stuff going around in the world of wrestling. We usually do a, a good review of AEW Dynamite. You know, we try to avoid talking about WrestleMania because it just makes us sad. But other than that, please come and join us right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. But you probably already know that since we're here. But you never know. You never know. You got you to you gotta plug yourself, Sean. That's what you got to do whenever you get an opportunity. You plug it. Yeah, you can't be too egregious about it. When someone opens the door, you go full fucking in, full force. And uh, just enjoy AEW. Um, Great company. Uh, They're known for their t-shirts. Yes. And their great wrestling. 
And also, this company called Control Your Narrative is also known for their t-shirts, not their wrestling. No, no, they're known for other stuff. They're known for oh. their uh, berating boxes, uh, their uh, their complaint closets. Their EC three is still waiting for me in his rent. The rent room, yeah. There you go. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. So yeah, ch- you know, check me out on Pure. I'm in. I'm enjoying this. I'm just you know getting to the surface with some of the Ring of Honor stuff, and we're just really starting to get to the surface here with uh, some of this independent stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna Hot get our heavy. sea legs. We're gonna get our sea legs, and it's gonna be amazing. Well, thank you all for joining us on the first episode of Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs. Mr. Warren Hayes, this is Sean. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll be back next week to talk some more independent wrestling. Support independent wrestling. See you next time.